This is the John Cast Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast started kind of as a way to say thank you to the listeners who uh, supported me throughout my 17, almost 17 years on the radio in Madison. And then also uh, those who have supported the podcast now through 20 some episodes. And this is the final podcast of the Ian's Pizza Cast for the Holidays giveaway. It got a little bit delayed. But that's okay because we're here. So I've been giving you keywords through the last uh, nine podcasts or so. And this is the final keyword or word combo. And you take all the keywords. If you have any questions, you can always tweet at me at John Audius Radio. But take all these keywords, form a little message, DM me that message on Twitter. Also at John Cast Podcast, at John Cast Podcast on Instagram as well. And we've extended. I'll put this out on a tweet, but I've extended the uh, the amount of time you have to do this. You have until actually December 31st at midnight. Like we'll just turn over the new year. 1159.59 Central on December 31st. You have to get me in those um, that message. And if you're correct, uh, I'll put all the correct uh, entries into a hat, basically. I'll choose one is my point. So here we go. Here's the final keyword combo. You know what? Let's get to that first. Let's get to Kelly Sheffield first, and then I'll give you the keyword combo. So let's start today's Johncast podcast. What happens when a radio broadcaster gets let go from his sports talk job? Well, he tries to figure out what he wants to do next for a career. And in the meantime, joins the 4 million other podcasts on the internet and the Johncast is born. Join me each week as I talk to guests I find interesting or entertaining from the world of sports, play-by-play broadcasting, or whatever else sounds fascinating to me at the moment. The Johncast is what I'm doing until I figure out what I'm doing. Subscribe, download, and I hope you learn something along the way. Coach Sheffield, what you drinking? Well, I wish it'd be like uh, some Blanton's or some Whistle Pig, but uh, since I've got COVID right now, unfortunately, just a big old cup of water. Yeah, I've got some water with some uh, it's a vitamin emergency in it. I'm, I'm trying to get my vitamin C. Thousand there milligrams. you go. There That's you what go. I'm drinking today. Yeah. Are you feeling? Are you feeling okay? You doing good then? Yeah. It's uh, it, everything's better with a natty, right? <laughs> it it kind of <laughs> makes everything a little bit better. Everything. Yeah. yeah. I I think you're right. Well, I hope you get and recover from this soon. Um, and I want to talk obviously all about the national championship. I want to get a little bit about your background as well. But here's the keyword or word combo from Ian's Pizza. Crustmas from Crustmas from that's the final combo. See, a lot of people said, I already know what your message is. No, you didn't. Crustmas from that's the keyword combo. Um, and you can combine those with the other keywords and it'll form a, a secret message and you could be a winner of 500 bucks. Well, yeah, congratulations. The natty, huh? That's is, is it still feel has it sunk in? I mean, did it sink in before? How, how is it? How does it feel? I guess a few days removed from from winning it, winning it all. It, it, John, it's still it's still awesome, and uh, you know, and I and hopefully that never leaves. Hopefully, it never leave, that feeling doesn't ever leave uh, our players and um, you know our fans and the people that invested so much. Uh, I mean, there'll be there'll be some great you know, the, the pursuit is awesome, you know, and, and, you know, we'll be on our way to pursuing, uh, uh, some other, uh, things. Um, but right now you just see the joy on so many face, so many people's faces and, and, um, you know, so many stories that you're hearing about and talk with people and sharing that it's, um, no, it's, it's pretty cool time. 
So let's go back to the national championship match on Saturday night. I want to take you to the first time you won it um, because Sid and Dana say that they did not touch that ball at all. I saw a a few replays. I'm not sure if you've seen the replays as well. It's who cares because you win it all anyway. But that first time you think you win it. What are you feeling? What are you thinking? How long did it take for you to realize, hold on, Nebraska is going to challenge this? Well, Bianca has some video that clearly shows it's very from the end line that it is uh, it did not absolutely did not touch anybody's fingers, Um, you know, but uh, um, and and the kids were were adamant that that it's, uh, you know, right when you you knew that there was a challenge um, immediately it's talk to the team and, and say, Hey guys, we, we've got to mentally prepare ourselves to lose this challenge and to continue to play volleyball. And so, uh, there wasn't anything more than that. It was just, um, you know, <laughs> there's going to be a, there's potentially going to be coming a serve to us and w- we've got to find a way to pass that serve and, and, and win a rally, uh, fortunate for, you know, and that's exactly what they did. You know, they stayed, uh, they got themselves back into the present moment and, and, uh, and man, what a, what a last rally, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. To have it on championship point back and forth, like it, like it was. So then that final point from Dana actually drops. What are your emotions? What are you thinking in that moment? Take me into, into your, into your brain and, and just, what was that like for you to to know for sure it's happened? Well, you, you know, I think we as a staff immediately uh, got into a group hug, and um, you know, and just so so many emotions are just flying through your head right there, and then it's you know, and then you immediately go and and say, uh, congratulate the opposing staff on just. I mean, it was just, it was two teams that were just laying it all out there. Right. I mean, it just, it was played at such a high level and it was so, so intense and so well played and so hard to score. Um, and it could have gone either way. And, uh, um, you know, and, and they were, I mean, uh, they were very complimentary, um, which is, which is hard to do in, in that moment. Right. It's a, um, and then you come back and, you know, and uh, just madness ensues, <laughs> you know, just it's a, uh, um, you know, the confetti and and uh, just people are flooding out there to the floor and just, you know, and uh, hugs and it just there's just so much that's just going on right there that uh, it just um, it, it's it's uh you're looking at players and you're just realizing man uh, dreams are coming true for them you know and goals that are reached and and um uh, man as an athlete you know i mean i'm just i'm so jealous of them of what they were you know envious of of what they had to be feeling i you know it just it's a um you're you're just so happy for so many of them you're right. The sacrifices, the the hard work, all of it, everything. And it all culminates to that, that one moment when it finally happens. I loved uh, Dana Redke's reaction. You know, she just kind of had the jaw dropped and she's like, she couldn't, she couldn't believe it. I thought that was a fantastic reaction. A lot of people have talked to you and I'll ask you about it anyway, but 
the shot of you on the bench, just kind of soaking in, in the moment when that's going on, what, what are you thinking about when that's, when that's happening and that shot of you on the bench, just kind of like, just kind of soaking it all in, I guess. Well, it's, I mean, it's pretty heavy, right? I mean, it's just, it's, you know, you're, you're looking at your players. I mean, you're just full of, of, of gratitude at, at that time. And, and you're, you know, I'm looking at them and, and so thankful that all of those seniors decided to come back, you know, and, and reach their, their dreams, their goals. Um, you know, you're seeing, uh, you know, uh, your staff and, and the administration and, and, uh, all of them that have, that have put so much of themselves into that and, and, uh, parents and, um, and they're just going crazy up in the stands and, and you're seeing that. And, you know, some of the alums, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, you know, that there, there's Nicole Shanahan and, and I'm thinking about Molly Haggerty and, I'm, you know, and there's Amber McDonald and, and all that. And then, you know, look across the way and, and there's Pete, you know, and you're thinking about Pete Waite and all the coaches that have, that have come before you. It just, it's a, uh, all those things, all those thoughts are just flying through my head right there. And, you know, and, you know, it's a three hour, over a three hour match. So there's a little bit of exhaustion as well. <laughs> yeah. Three hours and 14 minutes. I think it was the longest match in championship history. And you mentioned you looked over at Pete. You also came over right away to Pete Waite and, and myself, and you gave Pete that congrat, uh, you know, congratulatory high five and handshake. Why did you do that? Because I thought that was, I thought that was so cool. It, it, man, he's <laughs> he, he's been there. You know, I wanted to give I wanted to give him a hug and, and thank him. It, it's a uh, you know we stand on their shoulders. You know, and I said it afterwards in the press conference. Uh, the players that have come before before this team and and the coaches that have come before me i i mean this doesn't just poof happen you know i mean this is uh, a culmination of of so many people's work and passion and and um and all that um you know this this uh, this doesn't happen with with the work that pete put in you know and and what he left me with uh you know what what he it's, um, you know, in our communication over the years, how he, how he's helped me, uh, uh, every step of the way. I mean, he loves this program and, uh, and this university and the city. And, um, and I wanted to celebrate with him. If you ever have a chance to go listen back to the podcast of the match, I, I thought it was really fun because Pete, Pete is so good at, I describe the play. Then Pete talks and describes what he saw. Then I describe, you know, he's the very standard role. Kelly, that fifth set, he, there was reactions and, you know, drop kind of co- like little commentaries as the match of the play is going on. I, I think he couldn't kind of hold himself back, which I loved, by the way. I thought it was fantastic. And it was so cool because, you know, you could tell like maybe that's kind of what he was like, I guess, as a coach. Maybe I don't know. But it was, it was really cool because you could tell that he, he knew, obviously, how big of a moment that was. And it was so cool to see him kind of kind of react to everything as well. So if you get a, if you get a chance to listen back to the fifth set on uh, the iHeartRadio app, uh, Wisconsin Badger Sports Network. I'd love, to, I'd love to listen to the entire call of the magic. Can you repeat that? How, how, can, how can I and how can others go and listen to that? Yeah, absolutely. Just get on the iHeartRadio app, type in Wisconsin Badger Sports Network. 
And there's a podcast right there. And if you scroll down, it has every single Badger broadcast we do. So you might have to scroll down a couple and it, it'll be right there. And you can listen start to finish the entire national championship broadcast. And um, cool. yeah. And in fact, it, <laughs> you know, you said Bianca had that footage that nobody touched it. Part of me, while that was happening, Kelly, I was thinking to myself, okay, obviously I want the call to stand and the Badgers to win, but I had started a championship call. (laughs) I was into it. I'm like, and it's happening, blah, 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 blah. And then whistles happen. And I'm like, this is going to be weird to start a call all over again. It's not going to be as good. So there's actually a tiny part of me that said, you know what? They can win it on the next point too. That'd be fantastic. Um, And, you know, John, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I hear you, but uh, my last match uh, coaching at Dayton, we're at Texas A&M, and we're playing the University of Kentucky in the NCAA tournament, and we're up 14-11 in the fifth, and our middle blocker goes up for an overpass, throws it down, we dogpile on the floor, the official blows his whistle and calls a carry. Oh. We get aced on the very next play. We end up losing the match. We lost the match. Uh, You know, after thinking we had won it 14-11 or 15-11, I would have been just fine (laughs) had had that call not been overturned and we would have won that match right there. I've got to be honest with you. That there was a fleeting moment that went racing through my head back in 2012. <laughs> oh yeah. No, you're hey, Don't get me wrong. I would have loved to have it end <laughs> right there as well, but Oh my gosh, that's yeah. That's funny that that goes through your head too. Why wouldn't it? Um, yeah. So there was, there was that, that was, that was awesome. Let me take you back to, to the second set 31, 29. Yeah. Without that set, do you think we're having this podcast today? I mean, that's a big hole to have to overcome. It is, but I'll tell you what, I, I, I've, you don't count out this team, right? Right. I mean, this team is just, uh, they just, by the end of the year, this team just gritty and tough. And, you know, the, their, you look in their eyes, just the belief that they have for themselves and each other and the common mission. But, um, uh, but um, that's big, you know. It's uh, where in a match where every single point mattered, and uh, to just stay in the fight and stay present, it just it took took everything. I mean, it, it just every player on both sides of the net that were just laying it laying it out there, and and just two massive blocks to end that by Dana of just you know, baiting her to go one way and then just making these massive dive moves uh, for these stuffs. I mean, man, I mean, to the, uh, I mean, I don't think you can get any bigger blocks (laughs) than what those were. I mean, they were just huge solo block moves. (laughs) So would you say, I'm glad you brought up that brought that up because you said baiting the hitter into going one way. I was wondering what what is the result of those block solos? How much of that is just 
Dana being Dana, how much of that is film study, how much of that is other factors. To have two block solos in a match is fantastic. To have back-to-back block solos to win the second set 31 to 29 in the national championship is something else. What, what was the result? I mean, how, how was she able to get those? Have you had a chance to talk to her about that? I mean, that's, that, that's, what, uh, that's what player of the years do in, in those types of moments. It's, it's all of that. It's, it's a, uh, um, you know, it's, it's her talent. It's her ability to read. It's the scouting, um, you know, her, uh, you know, knowing players' tendencies. Uh, uh, all of that go, goes into it. Um, it's, um, I mean, it just, it's, uh, you just can't get any big, bigger. And, and the, the moment could not have been bigger. And a player could not come up with, with a bigger play than what she was able to do against an elite player on the other side of the net. So when you look at the key moments of the match, would you say that was those two blocks were the biggest moments or what other moments stood out to you where without those moments, um, you know, I don't want to say you might have a different result, but you know, that they were just so critical in helping you secure the win. No, there, the thing that is really fun, excuse me, uh, about that match is really both matches in the final four. That the matches are so close that everybody had their moments where you're like, man, if if this player wasn't doing this at this time, we probably lose this. I mean, there it was just over and over and over again. It's a, uh, um, you know, I mean, Jade goes on a, a really nice serving run there in the fifth uh, after missing her last serve in the fourth. Um, it's a, uh, you know, some of her back row swings were just huge. Um, it's uh uh, some of Sydney's saves at the net, those one-handed sets, yep. were just something else. Uh, I, I, I'm not so sure the player of the entire tournament wasn't Lauren Barnes. Um, how she didn't make the all-tournament team, I mean, I don't think that kid cares one iota about that. But I, I think it, it it shows how underappreciated what she did. I mean, it was just, and it wasn't just her digging or passing, um, but her setting, her out of system setting was, uh, I mean, it, it, she's in the gym every single day, every single day at eight o'clock in the morning, just in there with Sydney working on setting and to see her, I think we hit something. I mean, we hit for a really high percentage off of her sets in that last match. Uh, I don't recall exactly what it was, but I think it was pretty high. But we were getting really good swings off of her sets. Um, Loberg gets aced and turns around and sticks the next ball on set points and and just hammers a ball into the opposite corner. Big time swing. Orzel's blocking on the <laughs> uh, on the right pin was was huge Izzy serves I mean how many aces against you know one of the better passing teams you know Geo's passing Anna Smrek most valuable player of the tournament you know uh, hit for a high percentage against that team 
it's a, um, uh, that'll be one of the fun things. That's one of the fun things is it just took such a collective effort. And then the bench, holy cow. I mean, any, any video that you see of that bench, is there any, is there a collection of people that ever that have had more fun supporting their teammates and what those guys were? And that's what it's all about. It's a team all, it, it took, a, it took everyone. Um, I saw the stat. I, I'm not, I haven't verified it yet. Pete Waite sent me this stat after the match. Um, and it was posted on Facebook and basically, you know, you think about how close a match can be in five sets. You can win by two. That'd be a total of 10 yeah. points. Uh, there was a total of 12 points in the point differential between Wisconsin and Nebraska in the championship match. And they wrote on that Facebook uh, post that the combined margins, um, in 40 years of championship matches, the previous low combined margin in a five setter was 16. And only four matches had a lower total count, three three-set sweeps and one four-set barn burner that checked in at 11. So when you talk about just how epic of a match it was for your team, for fans of volleyball, it, it basically it, it may not get any better than that in the history of the championship match again. Yeah, I mean, and you think about it, I think there were 230 points scored. In in that match, um, and it wasn't just the championship. I mean, all three of those matches were just compelling, just really, really high level. You know, our uh, our semifinal match, the level that that was played for most of it. I mean, we were, you know, we, we were struggling a little bit in the second set and first part of the third set. But once we kind of got you know got back up off the mat. I mean, that was incredible. The first set was amazing uh, from the middle of set three on for the rest of the match. That was just amazing. Uh, I thought our kids answered the bell of just how high of a level Louisville was playing. Um, you know, Pittsburgh, my goodness, that first set against Nebraska might have been as well of a plate of a set as anybody played in the final four. Um, but uh uh, I think that's uh, that's what made uh, that tournament so special was just how um, how unbelievably close it was, and uh, and how many of those points were just earned by just really good plays. You know, it, it wasn't just uh, uh, garbage time out there. It was people just balling out being fearless and just making big time play after big time play. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It was so cool. And, and you saw the ratings, I'm sure 1.2 million people watched on ESPN two that, that championship match between your team and Nebraska. And I saw Gary, Gary white assistant coach say, you know, maybe it's time for us to push a, a spot on ABC because it outdrew the MLS cup that was on network television. And when you're on network television, there's way more eyeballs than on cable television. What was your reaction when you saw the 1.2 million people who viewed that a record for, for college volleyball? Not surprised at all. I think going into the match, I thought that was going to be the most watched match in history. And a little bit of concern when you hear that YouTube just kicked out the ESPN, um, you know, that weekend. So those numbers would have been even higher, I, I think. But it's, it's a, um, I mean, just it, the sport is when it's covered the right way with the right announcers and it is uh and it is promoted in a way that it deserves to be uh you know 
they've learned to put that sport on television in a way that that shows it. it they're just it just there isn't anything better. There isn't anything faster. It, it's a uh, it's such compelling television. It, it, hell yeah, it is long past time to get it on network TV. I mean, it's not that the time is there. It is long past. It's uh, um, yeah, but I might be a little biased. No, I mean, it may be a little, but those numbers, if it was on ABC, those numbers would explode, I think, for Way sure. Way higher. Yeah. yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, all right, so, I, I, okay, I have to ask you, uh, you never played. How, how did you get into volleyball? How, how did you get into this sport? Um, well, it's, you know, I think it's this part is pretty well known, but, uh, you know, uh, Muncie, Indiana is kind of the, the hot spot of, for volleyball, or it, it certainly was when I was kind of uh, in high school and college. That was a um, just so many players coming out of there and playing elite uh, college volleyball. Um, uh, Muncie, Indiana Volleyball Club, I, I coached for, was you know one of the top clubs in the country, and, and fortunate enough to be. Uh, the school I went to is a laboratory school. It's a kindergarten through 12, um, 750 students in that whole school, kindergarten through 12. And, but yet they're, they're winning state and national championships in the sport of volleyball. Um, I had Steve Shondell, legendary coach, high school coach that had been there for a long, long time. And, and um, a lot of the people, you know, when you've, when you've only got 60 some people in your graduating class, you know, you're kind of running around with everybody and most of them were athletes, you know, most of us were. And, um, uh, and so we all knew each other, uh, you know, as a senior in high school, I, you know, you, you know, the second graders that are running around and, um, you know, but, uh, a, a lot of us ended up going into coaching, uh, when we were early in college years and, uh, you know, and, and my first coaching was middle school cross country and, and, and then somehow just kind of tagged on to a, uh, uh, to the JV team at, at, at Burris and, and, um, you know, it just realized right away, you know, cause I was a runner growing up. Um, it's a, uh, and that's, but getting a, a team sport, and being around coaches, Ball State's a teacher's college. And so uh, a lot of people, uh, it, it's uh, the, the fundamentals of coaching, you know, the foundation, you know, of seeing people teach and break things down. Those were things that were just, I'm just around a lot of really, really good people. And you're like, man, this is, uh, there are just so much there. I got addicted to the learning of a sport that I know nothing about it other than just cheering as a high school kid. Uh, um, but just of how much there was behind motivating and, and techniques and systems and, and watching how all these different coaches, um, you know, what they'd bring to the table and how they, how they built their teams up. It was, I'm just learning all the time. It, I was giving it, getting an Ivy League education uh, at a very, very young age, and um, it, I could not get enough of it. 
when did you know, was there a moment that you knew like, okay, I totally want to be a coach and I want to be a coach in volleyball. No, I never, I, I mean that, I, you know, I would just say, I'll just a, 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 a stupid 20 year old college kid. You, you know, I mean, it's, it, it, I was the opposite of a Sydney Hilly, you, you know, who knows exactly what she's doing and very mature. I, I wasn't any of that stuff, you know, it's a, uh, I just love doing it. You know, I I mean, I wasn't thinking of it as a career. I just knew that I just wanted to be around it all the time. So I go watch people practice and, and uh, you know, early on, if I had a two hour practice, I'd go to the ball state student union and it'd take me three hours to write the practice plan. I mean, it, it it took me forever because um, uh, I, it's a, you know, I'd, I'd write down where I wanted everybody to stand and what I'd have to say. And, you know, it just took me forever. Um, and then I go and work every camp that I possibly could, clinic that I can possibly uh, do. I mean, it just, if there was something going on, I would go and do it. And we j- you just crisscross, you know, the entire Midwest doing all these summer camps and, and working these clinics and and go from, you know, junior high and high school season into club season. So it's 12 months out of the year. <clears throat> and I, I think Muncie paid me like, I don't know, the first few years, like $350 for, you know, doing this thing for eight months or whatever. Um, I, I think it was a big day when I finally got up to like $700. Um, yeah. for the, it, but it, it didn't matter, you know, and, and, um, and, and then, one of the college coaches, Denise Vanderwally, who was at the time the president of the ABCA, American Volleyball Coach Association, and and uh, she was the head coach of Bowling Green. And I had some friends of mine that went and played there, and just and I'd go and work her camps this summer. And and she she said, "Hey, man, I'm, I might be able to get you a job in college if that's something that you're interested in." And I, John, I, I spent zero time thinking about that, none at all. But when she said that, it was like, oh, man, holy cow, that would that'd be amazing. And um, and I got hooked up uh, uh, at the age of 27 with uh, um, with Bill Walton at the University of Houston. One of the, you know, he was on the 96 uh, Olympic staff as an assistant coach and and got there. He offered me the job and. I packed my car in two hours. I drove straight from Muncie to Houston. It took me 20 hours to get there. I was in time there for the second practice. And um, he paid me $12,000. It's uh, I was a, a lim- limited earnings a coach. It was one of the last years that that was allowed before the NCAA uh, outlawed it. And then went to the University of Houston or the University of Virginia the following year that um, – I was doing these things where I would have, I would have paid that money to have those jobs at that time. I mean, if I, I don't know how I would have come up with $12,000 at that time, yeah. but um, I, you know, if I had it, I would have paid it to, to be able to, to have those jobs. It was uh, it, you know, it was a dream come true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I say dream come true, but it was never a dream. I'd never dreamed about it. it just, I, I was just living uh, I was just so passionate about what I was doing and it really didn't matter to me at what level I was doing it. Whether I was a head coach or assistant coach, it, none of that stuff really mattered. How much money I was making never really mattered uh, at, at that point. It was just, 
um, I was just doing something that I, that I, all I knew I, I was loving what I was doing. Yeah. That's amazing. I love that story. Um, so why did you take the job at Wisconsin when Wisconsin asks you to come to Madison? Um, <clears throat> I mean, was it a, I don't want to say a dream school, but was it a school that you thought, Oh my gosh, yes, I absolutely. Wisconsin or what, what were your thoughts about that? When Wisconsin said, we want you to be the coach. You know, John, it's really funny that, you know, uh, the, co- I was talking about Steve Shondell. That was a, um, that was the Burris coach. And one of his best friends was Steve Lowe, who was the head coach of Wisconsin at the time. And a couple of his players, um, uh, Angie Meyer, who was one of my best friends in high school, she was a year or two younger than me, uh, ended up coming here. And she was on that 1990 team. And, um, and Keely Wright, who was one of the best best uh, high school players in the country, came here. And I coached her when she was like real young, like seventh or eighth grade. And uh, but then she had back problems when she got here. And I think her career ended a little bit early. But those were two of the best players that ever came out of Burris. And they both were Badgers. Uh, and, and Marissa Mackey. Marissa Mackey was another elite player that I coached her when she was real little. But we used to have – so it was – the two teams that I followed were Ball State, because that was my hometown, and Wisconsin, because that was Steve's favorite team. And we'd have, like, Bucky Badger passing drills and things like that in our practice gyms. Um, you know, he would name some drills after some Wisconsin stuff. So there's always a program from like when I started that was kind of following a little bit from afar. Um, the, the, there was uh, Madison hosted two final fours in the nineties uh, that were really cool. One in the, maybe around 94 or something that was in the field house. And I think that set an attendance record at the time. And then like in the eight or something, uh, 98, 99, somewhere there. Uh, uh, right after the Colter was built, uh, they had the, uh, the Final Four there. I think I was coaching Virginia then. Um, so I knew a little bit about Madison, but those were the only two times I was here. But it, this is uh, – it's one of the elite programs, uh, I, I thought. Uh, the, even though they'd hit kind of a rough patch – uh, everything was here. Uh, I thought everything was here. As long as the administration was going to be supportive of it at a really high level, you had the fan base, you had the conference, you had the, the campus, you, you know, you had the town, um, the location, you could get elite recruits It had everything. And, um, uh, it's, um, yeah, it just, it's, uh, uh what is going on right now? It's just, you know, it's the accumulation of what's been going on for decades. A couple final questions for you, Kelly. Um, since we're talking coaching here, in your opinion, what is the most important aspect of being a successful coach? Oh, my goodness. It's like, what, what's the most important ingredient to a, you know, a, a meal or whatever? I mean, I, I'm not sure. It, it, you wear so many different hats. Right. It's a uh, like the hats I wear here are probably different than maybe the hats I wore when when my first couple of years at Albany, when I had no staff around me, I had nobody. It was just it was just me and, you know, a handful of kids, um, you know, no academic people and no strength coaches and 
certainly no mindfulness coach or, or massage therapist or anything like that, but it's, yeah. it's, um, uh, <clears throat> I think you've got to be an elite communicator. Uh, you, you've got to be able to, uh, communicate, uh, to your players, to your athletes, um, uh, what your vision is, what you're trying to get across, um, what what it is that you're trying to do. Uh, athletes work a lot better when there's when there's not this gray area. When it just um, so if you can lay out what your vision is um, and how you're going to get there, and communicate with um, with your staff what their roles are, and uh, in administration, I think you've got to be really good at that um i don't man they're just you know in the communicating with with recruits it's just it's um i don't know i i i everything begins and ends with relationships and and at the uh and the most important thing to relationships is being able to communicate and so i I'd, i'd probably uh, say that's a pretty important ingredient. All right. Final question for you, coach. Can you put into perspective how about this championship? Because I know you've, you've mentioned even in this podcast, how it's, it's more than just about this year's team, but not only for the 18 players on the roster this year, but it's for the alums, for the fans over the last four decades. Uh, can you kind of put into perspective or kind of put a wrap on, on what this, what this kind of means to not only this year's team, but, what you think it probably means to the the program in general? It's a, uh, you know, there's part of me that says this team will, will never be forgotten. They, they will, they will be legends here. Um, but then there's another part of me that's, that, that is also, it's not just about this team, you know, uh, there's so many before them that we don't get to this spot without their efforts. Um, and I think that's probably what makes us so much more rewarding that we had superstars on this team. There's no doubt about it. Um, but it was a team that, that everyone played its role. Everyone knew its role. And when adversity hit, we, we found a way through and, um, it, you know, and the people, that have come before this team, you know, you're thinking about so many of these players that have come before them that without their guidance, without their leadership, without their mentoring um, of the players that were on the current roster, this, this doesn't happen. It was the ultimate team effort on a championship match that was decided by just a handful of points. We needed every single person's effort uh, to get this done. And is there anything more rewarding than accomplishing epic things with a large group of people? Fantastic. Congratulations. It was so much fun to be a part of. I'm so glad we got to have, uh, I got to be there, number one, and it wasn't a, a co- kind of a COVID type of thing and, and got to um, 
you know, celebrate. And and by the way, speaking of COVID, I hope you do feel better. But thank you so much for for hopping on the podcast. It was it was a blast. The season was amazing, unforgettable, very memorable. And thank you so much for for jumping on the podcast. John, you're the best in the business, man. So appreciate you. And I can't wait to get back and listen to listen to that call of yours. All right. Thanks, Kelly. Got it, bud. That was so fun. Head coach Kelly Sheffield of the Wisconsin Badgers on his team's 2021 National Championship. All right. Ian's Pizza, final keyword of our $500 cash for the holidays is, it's a keyword combo, Crustmas from, C-R-U-S-T-M-A-S space, from, Crustmas from. So take all the keywords through the last 10 episodes, combine them to form the secret message. DM me that secret message at John Adias Radio, J-O-N-A-R-I-A-S Radio on Twitter, John Cast Podcast as well, and uh, on Twitter, and John Cast Podcast, that's J-O-N, Cast Podcast on Instagram as well. All DM entries from any social platforms or accounts will be in contention for the final drawing. And I have extended, I should tell Ian's, I have extended that final drawing to midnight on December 31st. We had a little bit of uh, some hiccups, some delays in in getting this. You know, volleyball has to go out and get to a Final Four and win a championship and cause a delay. I blame volleyball. No, but seriously, um, what a fun ride to be a part of. I I just got to, I got to watch it all. (laughs) You know, it was so awesome. It was so cool. Um, So yeah, so get those, uh, that secret message in. Thanks to Ian's Pizza, by the way. Go buy some gift cards. There's still time to buy a gift card for the holiday. And who wouldn't like a gift card from Ian's Pizza like any time of the year? Ian's Pizza in Madison, in Milwaukee, in Seattle, and in Denver. So thanks again for Ian's for uh, hooking you up with that as well. I've got another promotion coming up, uh, I think, in January. I'll tell you some cool things we're going to be doing on the podcast. And if you have any ideas for any guests you want to hear on the podcast, you can always uh, send me a DM on Twitter at John Adius Radio. But Thanks again to Kelly Sheffield, championship winning coach, for coming on today's episode. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.